For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss one of the more intriguing players at this past weekend's rookie camp, wide receiver Justin Ross. But first, Joe, you, you look, sound a little refreshed, you know, like a, like a vacation did you some good. I am, I am on location here in Shenandoah uh, National Park uh, in Luray, uh, Virginia. Yeah, recording uh, on, on location. Uh, you know, for, for all the chief, for all the chief's kingdom that, that resides here in, in Virginia, you know, in the Shenandoah Valley. So I uh, can't tell you how many times uh, this past week I have sung the John Denver song, uh, you know, country roads, but uh, we had a blast. It was great. I feel very refreshed heading back, uh, back to work uh, today uh, when we, we make our, make our trek home. Awesome. Sounds great. And Joe being so committed to believe in chiefs. He was on vacation, but he's still doing, doing the pod. I know all the listeners I appreciate. It. I know all the listeners do too. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting to be able to do it. And, and uh, you know, it pro- luckily probably been our, our slowest week, you know, of, I would say since the season started, right. Since the off season, you know, really kicked in the gear and then the season started and then through the playoffs and it's been fast and furious, right. This has probably been our, probably been our slowest uh our slowest week uh totally. you know this week just because everybody's kind of settling down from the draft obviously they're picking up some of those undrafted free agents now and scouring you know and and the sort of you know the players that they wanted to pick up that didn't uh get drafted so yeah it's a, it's a little bit of a slow time but you know nonetheless i think fans should be really excited about this uh, about this season. I mean, just one more time to put a cap on the draft. I mean, I think everywhere you look, you know, I think the Ravens and a lot of the, you know, media outlets and whatnot, were getting some of the better, you know, the best grade, but the chiefs were always seem to be in the top three in those discussions um, in all, in any of the, you know, draft guru commentary. Uh, I think, you know, and I think that should bode well for, Chiefs fans and, and who and how who and how they have built this roster for the 2022 season. And you're right; it is a little bit of a more quiet stretch. We'll have OTAs coming up, and then mini camp. Now we did have the rookie camp this past weekend, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit. And specifically, Justin Ross, uh, Joe, as a mere freshman in 2018. Ross caught 46 passes for 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. That includes six receptions for 153 yards and touchdown against a Nick Saban-led Alabama defense in the national championship game. Then two years later, he hurt his neck, required fusion surgery, redshirted, came back, and then hurt his foot. So his numbers, even as his last year at Clemson, 
weren't didn't reach those of his first two years. So there's talent, but injury concerns. Joe, do you think the Chiefs have a diamond in the rough here? You know, the Chiefs know how to find them, and um, you know it could be right. It could be one of those one of those finds that you know he's battling for for not only just the roster spot, you know, maybe for getting into some kind of a rotation, right? You never know, right? It's only rookie camp. We'll see, you know, how, when the vets are there and everybody, you know, you get some more veterans out there that you're competing against and going against, but Hey, let's give him his just dessert uh, to where he is right now. He could Did we say his Justin be. dessert or is that, his just, are, are we above that on the, yeah, those kind of lame puns? We, we are not, we are not above that, uh, <laughs> above a silly pun like that, but I should have thrown the I N there, the Y N there towards the end. But, uh, no, it's, it's, you know, definitely, uh, you know, uh, let's give him his credit, right? It's, it's, um, it's the first time to get a look for people to get looks at people and he excelled. And I think that's pretty, uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, for him, for a player like that, that didn't come from the pedigree and all that other stuff that, you know, some of these highly touted and highly drafted players. And if you can go out and catch people's eye, it certainly isn't going to hurt. And I think one of the things that I, you know, I I'm pulling out of this rookie camp is that I think, just like we talked about, just especially based on the fact of some of the commentary um, that I had heard, um, you know, from from some of the quotes and and some of the uh, you know some of the different players that were that were interviewed. Um, I think what's really interesting is every one of them. I heard them talking about how they want to make this team better, and I know George Karloftis was one of them. Was quoted as that. I think Sky Moore had some good. Uh, you know, some good uh, sound bites and things. And Leo Chanel had, had some really good ones. Yeah. They want to make, they want to make this team better. I, we called it right here. I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. So we're not above giving ourselves credit and throwing <laughs> silly puns out, but I, you know, I'm going to give us a little bit of credit and that we kind of, we kind of knew that right after we had seen the, the type of player that Brett Beach and Andy Reed were going after in this draft, I'm feeling even better about that commentary that we made about how this is going to be a draft class that is going to make this team better. Even if they're all not out on the field, you know, with, you know, draft pick, you know, phenoms going out and making, you know, starting on day one, day in and day out, this draft class has the character, work ethic, and sort of, um, you know, just that certain thing that is going to make this team a better team every day. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, everyone they drafted, you know, I think the theme was just everyone's really physical. They're intense. They're going to add already a tough team, add another toughness element to the Chiefs. And Joe, we talked about how good this draft was. I really think the cherry on top was Justin Ross. I mean, I, freshman, sophomore year, you would have said this kid is a top 15 pick in the whole draft. And, you know, he's had some major, I mean, neck fusion surgery is, you know, there's there's there is a chance that he doesn't make the Chiefs. He doesn't. I mean, the doctors have cleared him, but his football career is somewhat still in jeopardy in the sense you, you there are some worries uh, about that. Um, so you never know. But that's what an undrafted free agent is is for making these kind of flyers. You know, I I I think he's um, so exciting. What was interesting part of the part of what makes him such an exciting prospect. He's 6'4", 205. I mean, just really big target. 
he actually compared himself to Keenan Allen, kind of models his game after, though that's a little interesting. Keenan Allen's a big guy too, but he's not, he's like 6'2", he's not 6'4". Right, right, yeah. It's, it's um, you know, they, they went after a, I, I, that's what I'm kind of excited about with this this sort of receiving core, right? They're, they're, there's a, they're going to they're gonna use this receiving core to try to create mismatches, I think. And, and I think if you look, at each player that they've picked up or drafted and or, you know, bringing in Josh Gordon last, like last year, like they're, it's like a lot more diverse group, right? Um, you know, you've got, you know, our Penn Quaker, obviously Justin Watson's going to be, you know, maybe one of those special teams, really bigger type receivers that could make his way out there. You've got the big back shoulder throws. You're going to have the speed, you know, you're going to have a, a little bit of everything, I think. And I, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm really excited about this receiving corner. I think we're going to be having an absolute ton of conversations this offseason as we go through OTAs, as we start getting through these mini camps, as we start getting to camp. We're going to, we're going to be talking about a lot of battles. And I think that uh, that's another thing that's really good for this team. There's not a lot of places where, you know, there's going to be complacency. Um, you know, I, I think there are some there's some pieces of the offensive line that are pretty settled. Obviously, the defensive line, to a certain degree, has, some, you know, settled. We're settled there, uh, you know, but, you know, linebacker, you know, defensive backfield, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, quarterback, right? I think, you know, somebody's going to outgun Patrick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, had to, I had to throw that one out there. Just checking but, but, listening here, yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure everybody was listening. But, uh, you know, but I think there's going to be some positions where we're going to see some fantastic battles. Again, something this team needs to do to get better and to get over the hump, um, I think, and, and sort of get – to, um, you know, get back to the Super Bowl to create some of that competition. Hey, listen, you know, I know we talk about Bill Belichick a lot, whether you love him or hate him. Um, something that they always did in New England during those Super Bowl runs um, and during the sort of the, the, the dynasty, as you want to call it, and that it was, um, I think they did a really good job of, he always did a really good job of creating competition mm-hmm. to, keep, to keep players fresh and, and to not let the complacency sit in. So, I think I think wide receiver is absolutely going to be one of them, and it's going to be fun to watch because they're so they're all so different. There's two schools of thought that you want everyone to be kind of interchangeable and have the same guys. That there's or there's another school of thought that you kind of want like a basketball team for wide receiver uh, core, and they really do have that kind of basketball team. And what I mean by that, they have McCall Hardman, who he's 5'10", 180. He's like the fast point guard. They have um, Juju Smith Schuster who's a big physical guy. He's not, he's not like huge, but he's a physical player. And then you have guys like uh, Valdez Scantling, who's big, but real fast. If Justin Ross makes the team, I mean, he's, he's like your four or five man. He's, he's six, four. They have all kinds of sky Moore is kind of, he'd, he'd be like the two guard, you know, he's, he's a little shorter. He's, he's quick. He's not like, Tyreek McCall Hardman fast, but he's more quick. They they just they have all sorts of different kind of bodies now there for the for that for the wide receiver group. Yeah, I'm, and I'm like I said, I'm really really excited about it. I think it's again we talk about this all the time on the show, right? Um, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna open up some plays in the playbook for Eric Bieniemy and for Andy Reid, and I think that's that's what this team has always been about. It's what I think their offensive prowess has always been about is creating a playbook that is molded around its players and using their strengths to build, 
a massive playbook that is you know digestible it's not it's not that it's uh you know it's something that's going to create too much confusion when you're throwing in a lot of plays but i just think it's going to give them so many options andy reed and eric Bieniemy might have to hold two cards uh yeah. against their mouth when they're calling plays right <laughs> they, might, they may have they may have so many options with this team um especially what you know what they're doing up front and then getting one one more year of this line playing together i mean where you're going to have really I mean, if Lucas Niang goes in as the starter, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Because I think he's earned that right. Um, but, you know, when you get another, the talk about steals, you get another Darian Kennard in there um, as, as, a, as a guy who's going to challenge at that right tackle spot. What a line this, you know, front five is going to be. Um, giving them one more year of playing together to get some consistency going. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm as excited about the offensive line as I am, you know, any position uh, on this team uh, going forward. So yeah, really, really going to be fun stuff. And they're, they're creating, you know, like I said, it's my little joke now is they're going to be have, Andy's going to have to carry two of the, the mm-hmm. menus in front of them uh, when they're calling plays, because they're going to have some major, op- Patrick's going to have some major options this year. Totally. And, and yeah, like you said, that offensive line looks like a real area of strength. Joe might be biased, but this one, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head. Our, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, a little bit more background on... Uh, Justin Ross, because it's kind of interesting how it came to be. Uh, first of all, we were mentioning the receiving core, all the options. That's going to be a real fun training camp battle to watch because they're probably only going to keep five or six guys. Uh, another one in competition, they're a guy that around this time everyone was really excited about, Cornell Powell, who's going into his second year. It was a little bit of a disappointment during the preseason, only made the practice squad, but he, of course, is a teammate of Justin Ross, two Clemson guys. Uh, played together and kind of more Clemson connections. You know, Justin Ross, he was one of the guys, if you're watching the draft, everyone's like, he was like the best available for several of the last rounds. He was up on those lists with uh, Mel Kuyper or whoever draft analyst uh, uh, was on the show that uh, the listeners were watching. Um, And part of the reason the Chiefs were able to nab him, not only are the Chiefs an attractive landing spot, um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid running the offense. But uh, Brett Veach has a really good relationship with Ross's agent, uh, Tori Dandy, who is also the, the agent for another former Clemson receiver, Sammy Watkins, who the Chiefs signed to, hey, he, he helped key a couple of Super Bowl runs in the postseason. It was a little bit of a, an, an expensive contract. People thought maybe a little too expensive, but because Veach and Dandy had that relationship, you know, they were working the phones, and that's why the one of the reasons the Chiefs were uh, able to to nab Justin Ross as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that that is, I think that's some of the inner workings, Jeff, that, you know, people don't really think about, right? They don't think about the relationships that people have, right? It kind of goes back to that story, and I, you know, I tell a lot about, you know, my relationship with Carl Peterson, mm-hmm. 
um, you know, prior to, you know, to me getting drafted by the Chiefs. And it's a little bit of a stretch analogy, but, you know, if, if you've got players that, you know, look, all of these players are getting to the pinnacle of their careers in college, right? They're, they're all good. They can all run and jump and pass and run and tackle and do all the things that football players need to do. Sometimes it's just those intangible relationships that, that general managers and coaches rely on, right? When you, it's kind of like recruiting in college when, when a certain college gets a, uh, a recruiting pipeline with a certain school yeah. in a certain area and they know, the, they know the high school coach and they know, they know the, the roots of where those players are coming from and you know, whether it's uh, you know, a, a winning program or a program that has, has certain kind of coaching or, 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 or develops players that fit well into a college program. Like, listen, there's something to be said for that, right? For those relationships, because if you have two, it's just like anything in life. If you have two equal, relatively equal things from a quote air quote talent perspective, you're going to go with the one where you have the win on the intangibles, right? And if you have relationships and you know what you're getting, you reduce your risk of, of having a bad pick or a bad free agent pick, right? If you know the agent, you know where they come from, you know their background, you know their pedigree, you know what college they came from, what kind of coaching and character they may have. So there's all those things that go into it that I don't think we always think about, right? Because we think, you know, we always think that, that, that GMs and coaches are going after the absolute best player in the world well of course they are but there's also some other intangible things that i think player uh, coaches are looking for and, and and scouts and gms they're looking for when it comes to reducing your risk right of getting a player and, and bringing them on board and i think that's how the that's how dynasties are built right they're built on risk management right here i am the insurance guy talking about <laughs> risk management again but it's there's there's some risk management that goes into that right and it's more than just you know, it's more than just how many touchdowns they've had or how many pancake blocks or tackles, solo tackles they've had or sacks. There are some other things that I think NFL teams are looking for when you get to that level. Joe, really savvy points there. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs have other uh, undrafted free agents on the roster who have really made an impact. Um, Treshawn Wharton, defensive line, has given them a, some pass rush. How valuable has Daryl Williams been at the running back position? Right. There's another guy, you know, Justin Ross was kind of the biggest name of the undrafted free agents uh, this year, but linebacker Mike Rose from Iowa State was the 2020 Big 12 Player of the Year. Any you know, all, all these undrafted free agents, Joe, any any guys you you played with, big names that came to mind that were undrafted free agents, but and and then did make a, a name for themselves. On the roster, well, I think I think there's you know there's there's definitely um, you know there's definitely a few I could name. I mean, I, one that I caught obviously at the tail end of his career that is sometimes I think considered one of the Chiefs' best all time undrafted free agents got to be Jerron Cherry. Yeah, um, you know just what he how he elevated that organization and what he brought as coming in as an undrafted punter right out of Rutgers who could happen to play awesome D back um, becomes, you know, one of the best, you know, safeties in, in chiefs history. I think he's probably the one that comes to mind, you know, the most um, I think about other impact players that I played with Kimball Anders, uh, Willie Davis, um, you know, players. Kimball Anders, that, by the way, started to interrupt, but this is kind of news where Joe, I forgot he was undrafted. He was just inducted into the Chiefs Hall of Fame. So you yes. you named two great ones there. I, I forgot about Anders. 
Yeah, well, Kimball, you know, great friend and, you know, just a just a terrific guy. I got to know him so well when we were playing together. Um, he used to call me Orange Juice. That was my nickname because one day we were coming out of the uh, cafeteria training camp. And I, I think I was a little dehydrated and I wasn't feeling well. And I didn't really have any like vitamin C supplements. And I, I was kind of like trying to staff off a cold. And so I was pounding OJ and, and I was coming out of the cafeteria, you know, of, of university of Wisconsin river falls where we went and it was typical college cafeteria where, you know, you could pump the orange juice out of one of those container things. And, um, I must've had five or six orange juices lined up <laughs> on the front of my tray and Kimball sees me walking with it. And he's like, he's like, he, he, he called me Joe V. He said, Joe V that is a lot of orange juice. And um, I was like, I know, Kimball, I'm, I'm trying to fight this off here. I'm trying to keep my resistance up. So, uh, yeah, so he, he always used to call me orange juice. But we had, um, you know, we had a lot of fun together. And he, he's another one that, um, you know, just a just a fantastic human being. He's gone on to do coaching and, and done some great things post-career. He is I'm so excited. He's going into the ring of fame. I, I think he's, you know, one of the one of the most underrated players you know to come out of of that you know sort of uh that era as far as the impact that he brought right to the team you know pro bowler the whole nine yards i just i love kimball and I'm, I'm so excited for him um some that i didn't play with that you know came to mind when i was thinking about i don't know if a lot of people know that priest holmes was was not yeah. was not yeah. drafted um there's a big one right i didn't didn't have the pleasure of getting a chance to play with priest he came on after i had retired um you know, and then you go back to the old school. Oh, Brian Waters was another one that was that one of those tweeners between, you know, after I had retired, but not not too long after I had retired. But I think Brian Waters, a right, two time pro bowler, um, you know, one of the stalwarts of that line, you know, with uh, with Will uh, Will Shields and, and some of those guys. Um, so I think Brian is one that comes to mind. Then there's the, the old old timers, the pre the pre Joe, we'll call it the PJ era, the pre Joe era. Um, <laughs> Jan Stenerud, only kicker in the Hall of Fame, was undrafted. Um, you know, and I think he's still the only kicker, right, in the Hall of Fame. I, am so I still correct? More, I think Morton Anderson oh, is now. Yeah, you're right. For, but for the longest time, Jan was. He was the only kicker in the Hall of Fame, um, which I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm always up for petitioning for Nick Lowry to do it. But, uh, but Jan, Jan Stenerud, right, one of the all-time greats. Um, then there's there's two players that, uh, you know, I'm, when I'm talking old school, I'm going back to those Jan Stenerud era, uh, you know, Cheryl Hedrick, linebacker, uh, you know, ring of famer, and, um, and Emmett Thomas, right, Super Bowl uh, winning cornerback with, uh, you know, with the Chiefs during the Super Bowl era back in the, in the um, late 60s and then in the early 70s. So those are some players that pop into mind, some old school players that were sort of those inspirational guys that didn't uh, didn't quite get drafted, didn't get that notoriety, but then went on to have unbelievable Chiefs careers. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, there's def they're definitely out there. Um, you know, players that can make an impact. It's just, it's just kind of like that, the, 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 um, the horse that won the, um, the, the, the Kentucky Derby, right. Was, um, I saw, I saw, I saw a really, a really great quote, um, about that, you know, about how, um, you, you just have to, you know, you have to just look at, you have to look for those diamonds in the rough, right. They're, they're out there. You just give them a chance, let them play and something's going to happen, right. You're going to find that diamond in the rough. Totally. Joe, what a great list that was uh, of, of people, not only during your playing days, uh, but the Chiefs' uh, history, uh, guys I had forgotten about. Um, 
you know, the one I was thinking about, uh, Eric Hicks, was a pretty solid defensive end who is uh, un, undrafted. So, you know, there is, whether it's Mike Rose, whether it's Justin Ross, you know, the, the odds are obviously against you when you're an undrafted free agent, but, you know, it's very conceivable these guys could make an impact for sure. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's what, it's what it's, it's what it's all about. You know, it's about giving, giving players a chance to, to get out there and show their stuff and not everybody's going to get a chance to play, you know, um, and get seen. And, you know, they just, um, you know, it's, it's great when, when you can find them. And, and if I, if if anybody was going to find it, you know, Brett Beach is, is going to be the one, right. He's going to, he's going to be the sort of the, the lead dog in that, in that race, trying to find, you know, the players that can, um, you know, that can, that can do that and make an impact, even though they may not have been super highly touted in college or, you know, uh, maybe didn't get the notoriety that they needed to be a high draft pick. So yeah, really exciting stuff for, uh, I think for Chiefs fans with some of these and thinking, and also getting a chance to think back to some of these names of, of players from the past. For uh, Chiefs fans out there, if you haven't already, I encourage you to, to Google or to go on YouTube for some of Justin Ross's highlights, particularly against, again, that Alabama game. He played so well in the biggest games. Um, he's really an exciting talent. I, I really ultimately think, you know, Huna is, is obviously going to come down to health. That's a pretty major neck spine issue that he had, that there was a congenital defect that they didn't really, like he suffered a stinger in college. You know, they just thought it was a stinger. Then when they looked when he met with the doctors, they realized it was something um, that, that he had a, a condition. They were worried he would never play again, but he, he did return. Wasn't the player he was before, but he also didn't have Trevor Lawrence throwing to him. So I, I really think it's just going to be a health issue, Joe, whether, and, and if he is healthy, I think they could have a real steal. Yeah, definitely. I, I suggest, uh, you know, our listeners go out and read uh, our good friend, Nate Taylor, who joins us, you know, from time to time, uh, wrote a nice article for The Athletic on 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 some of the, in, in, I'm going to use uh, Nate's words, the intriguing skills that he flashed um, during during rookie camp. And, uh, you know, Nate's a fantastic resource and uh, totally suggest uh, going out to The Athletic uh, website and uh, looking for some stuff that that Nate wrote about um, about Justin in this last uh last run that he did on, on uh, May 10th. So just, just yesterday from when we're recording this, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, definitely this is going to be news. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, I, we're going to be talking about this receiving core a lot all Mm -hmm. off season because it's probably, it's probably their deepest group at this point. I mean, this is, this is last year's offensive line drama, right? Like last year, we were, they were rebuilding the offensive line, right? And God, how many episodes did we talk about what this team was doing to rebuild that offensive line? So, so what happened in the Super Bowl never happened again, right? And and that's great analogy, Joe. I mean, there were too many, the offensive line was so many talent, so talented. There are too many guys for, for the spots. And eventually, you know, Kyle Long gets hurt. You have other things and it kind of worked itself out. You, you trade Duvernay, Tardy, Finnick, Joe, great analogies, receivers, same deal. There's too many bodies for the five or six are going to keep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's uh, I'm going to use Nate's word about Justin's intriguing skills. It's going to be quite intriguing um, to see how this, how this, all this depth, you know, turns out and, you know, is Josh Gordon going to find his way, right? I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a talent, right? We've talked about, you know, we've had Justin Watson on the show coming over with some championship DNA from Tampa Bay, 
getting a chance to play with Tom Brady, right? Let's not forget, let's not forget about the deep tight end core that we have right now, right? With Blake Bell and Noah Gray as sort of like heir apparents to Travis Kelsey. And of course, we can't forget about Jody Fortson. So we've got a super deep tight end core, um, you know, um, some big signings, right? With MB, MBS uh, and Juju keeping McColl. I think he's, I think McColl was really excited about the role that he's going to play. It's got to feel good for him, right? To step up and now be, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, be the number one, right? He's the vet of the group now, a chief's vet at least. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be exciting. You know, it's got to be exciting for him. Um, I think someone you talked about from, from last off season uh, or, or not off season, but in the train in training camp was Doris Fountain. Yeah. Right. right My right. God. I, it's just, uh, we, we listen, I'm going to stop here. Cause we're going to take away all of our fodder for, for future shows. Cause I think <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about all off season uh, the same way that like, like I said, we were talking about the offensive line last. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by bet online, Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.